Well, people, the legend of Davis Schneider only continues to grow. That is uh, one way to snap a three-game losing streak. The mustachioed Davis Schneider suiting up to power the Blue Jays to an 8-3 to win. Madison said this on the broadcast, but pretty much the only thing we had not seen all game was a wild defensive play, and then he gets down on a knee to grab a ball that was just stung towards uh, kind of the gap between first and second, more towards second base, but he snatches it out of the air. Like, what can't this guy do? What can't he do? David Schneider featuring heavily in today's win. That evens the series with the Guardians down here at the Rogers Center. Oh, welcome to Talk across the Sportsnet radio network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali here with you, taking your calls and texts. You guys know the drill. The phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, star-590 on your cellular device, 590-590 is where you can text me. That's the people's text line, and it is always open. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain it uh, when it comes to, to Davis, but the vibes are just, and I think based on the text line, you guys somewhat agree, but the vibes are somewhat different with him in the lineup. Look, I, and I think it goes beyond just simply saying it's a youth infusion because obviously there are plenty of other young guys in this lineup like Bo or Vladdy or Kirk, etc. So it's not just that, even if perhaps it is a part, but the the energy in the lineup just seems like it is a bit more lively, some, some electricity running through things. You know, Barker often says uh, baseball should be fun, and let me tell you, I have a lot of fun watching Davis Schneider, and I uh, and I bet you guys do too. I'm just checking the text line here, 590-590, name and location. Uh, I see one here. Uh, from, there's no name on this one, so always always leave your name and location so I can give you a shout-out. <laughs> this one says, is Davis Schneider a long-lost son of Rance Mullenix? It's true. He kind of does look like Rance Mullenix a little bit. I, I think If you look at a picture of Rance Mullenix, if you go up there and he's Google one, for example – um, obviously, he has the, a very similar-ish mustache and, of course, no other facial hair, which I think is a big part of the comparison. But certainly the glasses as well. Uh, of course, uh, Rance's glasses are perhaps not as modern as uh, maybe maybe they are now, actually. I have, I have no idea. I've not seen a picture of Rance Mullenix in a long time, but uh, in a, a modern picture, I should say. But the, uh, the older picture, kind of those, those big lenses that kind of go from your like, eyebrows down to your cheekbones. Uh, not the kind that uh, Davis wears, but still, I, I, I do enjoy that conversation. And, uh, yeah, a lot of text talking about Schneider. Al from Hamilton, please leave Davis Schneider in the lineup. Jer from Cambridge, we need to find to get Schneider into this lineup. He just continues to get on base, has some pop, four home runs in ten games, nine RBI, batting four twenty four. Uh Jay from Regina show there will be anarchy on the streets of Toronto if Davis Schneider doesn't start tomorrow. Why hasn't he started when Witt was going through that cold snap this week is beyond me. And then a simple one, Babe Schneider, play him more. Uh, you know what? It's it's a it's a good question, honestly, because, you know, you look at some of the stats. So he crushes the two-run jack in his first A-B today. He adds a double and a walk as well. He tacks on the RBI single in the seventh. I actually think he finished a triple shy of the cycle. He like I, I agree with the calls for Schneider to be in the lineup more. I know the uh, kind of like the original quote unquote reason, uh, the analytics perhaps driven reason for him not being in the lineup was I think it was it was kind of at least early on. You know, David Schneider has been more effective against lefties, 
But uh, that seemed to be more of an initial reason because right now the conventional approach of he hit ball real good would seem to have him in there more. No, right? Like they did somewhat throw him right into the fire uh, by having him in the middle of the order today. So he, he was batting fifth, right? Four above, four below him in the order. But I mean, there's clearly something there <laughs> with Schneider to the point where it is worth, and to the, to the texter's point, if Merrifield continues to scuffle a teensy bit at the plate, and he he was fine today. Went Merrifield was was certainly not a, a liability by any means offensively today, but uh, if perhaps he does scuffle just a teensy bit, maybe it's it's okay to give Merrifield a day off here and there. And don't get me wrong, I have been right at the front of the parade, banging the drum for Whit Merrifield to be an everyday player, and he like and he should be. He he absolutely should be. But it's just that we actually do, and someone had texted about this. Boy, maybe maybe it was last weekend. I honestly forget. I apologize. I forget your name because it wasn't a text from today. It was from a couple games ago. But uh, someone had texted in to say, like, it feels as though everyone but Whit Merrifield gets like the scheduled maintenance maintenance days, and uh, it is it does kind of feel ring a little true that Whit somewhat seems to play more than almost every other player. Like you do actually see virtually everyone get days off here and there it perhaps except for Merrifield like even um, Bo is perhaps the only other guy and he, you know he's de- he de-aging today probably large in large part because of the tendonitis thing and obviously missed time with injury but Bo is perhaps the only other guy and Vladdy to a slightly lesser extent that almost never never come off the field but Springer gets complete off days Varsho has gotten those off days this year Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk both have gotten off days Santiago Espinal and Kevin Biggio, you know, they're somewhat part-time players. But the the point is valid in that after or perhaps alongside Bo and Vladdy, Witt almost never comes off the field. So, I mean, if that's the case, maybe the continued emergence of Davis Schneider does allow or should allow the coaching staff to deploy him a bit more liberally, right? Like, I don't, I, don't, I also don't know that he needs to necessarily bat fifth every time he's in there. But just to see him a bit more than once a week would probably it, it, it feels as though it has been necessitated at this point right i think a lot of you guys would agree but it, do, it does somewhat feel as though you pretty much have to have him in there because he has uh, uh he has forced his way in there as well uh let's go to the phones 416-870-0591 triple a triple six zero five ninety Star 590 on your cell. We'll go back to the text line in a sex. Uh, 590-590, name and location. That's the people's text line. I see a whole bunch more here coming in. But the, to start us off, Shane is calling in from Mississauga right here in the GTA. Shane, what's on your mind? Welcome to Talk. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm just going to follow up what you just said about we need Davis Schneider in the lineup more often. And I think I know how. Okay. Obviously, we got to get Wit playing as much as possible. But we've seen that Schneider can bounce between left and second, so we don't necessarily have to use him just as a replacement for Merrifield. We can also have him take, say, Varsho off his feet for a day or two. We can also throw him at third, give Chapman a day off. we got to find, even sending him to the DH spot, give Belt a day off. Let's never have Espinal back on the field again. Anytime Espinal's supposed to play, let's throw Schneider in there. There's definitely ways where it's not just a one-for-one Merrifield comes off, he comes on, where he can start playing every day. And let's face it, our offense is so anemic right now. I'd rather risk it with him than having Merrifield burn out, having Espinal cause errors, not hit. So I don't know. I think that's the best solution that we have currently. 
So I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Hey, Shane, appreciate the call. Thanks for joining me. It's it's a, a completely valid question because I was kind of thinking about this when when we were kind of, I saw the text rolling in and a lot of it is simply just get him in the lineup at all costs and I I kind of agree but it's true I mean a lot of the positions in the infield and I mean there's only a, a handful of them you could throw him at because Vladdy Vladdy is entrenched at first Bo is entrenched at short I don't think you and and, and then on top of that David Shannon doesn't play either first or short so that's just a, a non-starter anyways but you know he he certainly to Shane's point can play in left field. He, uh, even if we don't see him there, really, like generally speaking, although he has been in there in the minors, but majors, we have not seen him too, too much out and left right now. Uh, certainly second, as we know, and certainly he can play at third as well. It feels as though, to me, Chapman is more entrenched at third than and certainly anyone is at second. And again, to go back to Whit Merrifield, that's not, it's not a whatsoever an indictment of Whit Merrifield. It's just that Whit Merrifield also plays very comfortably and easily in left field. And again, the conversation about Whit Merrifield, where he should stick if he only plays one position, if, if you had to pick just one, I would pick second base, and I think a lot of people would. But he has been more than serviceable. In fact, you know, that's, that almost feels like throwing some shade to say more than serviceable he's been very good i think in left field even if he does when merrifield does this thing that sometimes makes me a little uncomfortable where he kind of like takes a twisty path to get himself underneath the ball and kind of sticks his butt out a little bit and then makes a catch at the last second he like kind of leans forward and like stabs the ball out of the air i don't know why he does that but it seems to be very effective for him so great, but again, Whit Merrifield's been effective enough in left field that I feel like the, the the easiest place to put David Schneider would be second base. Now, if you did have Wit in the outfield more, and I think that's fine, it does perhaps beg a second question as to what do you do with the outfield? Because at the beginning of the year, I felt like we we only really saw Wit in left when one of the three regular outfielders, Springer in right, Kiermaier in center, Varsho in left. You only really saw Witt out there when you were giving one of these guys the day off. And, of course, today, for example, Kevin Kiermeyer, who bats left, was not in the lineup against Logan Allen, who is a lefty. So the, the, they started the outfield with uh, Witt in left, Springer in right, and, of course, Varsho in center. And also great news that Varsho seems to be completely okay because I think we were all collectively holding our breath on that one. But uh, you, you kind of do have to factor in that you want one of Varsho or Kiermeyer just in the outfield every single day. And it doesn't have to be the same guy, but one of them has to be out there defensively for defensive purposes. I feel like at all times, Springer, and kudos to Springer, has very rarely come out of right field. There have been a couple days off, certainly. Uh, he's DH'd a couple times. But by and large, you've seen Springer play in right almost every single day. So with that being said, maybe it just means... Like maybe it just means Kevin Kiermaier gets more days off at this age, right? They've been pretty careful with him managing his health because of the surgeries and the injuries he's suffered over the years. So all, all that to say, uh, you know, that's kind of the ripple effect of discussing where do you put David Schneider if you want to have him in the lineup more. It certainly feels like he has leapfrogged Kevin Biggio and Davis, uh, David Schneider, uh, Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal when it comes to guys you're, you're getting in there because he has he has played very, very well. Again, I, he, may, he may not play literally every single game just because of the nature of the, the construction of the infield and outfield here, but he's got to play more than once a week, right? Like, he, it almost feels like he is, it's a, it's a necessity. You know, and speaking of David Schneider, because we're going to talk a lot about David Schneider tonight. And I also feel like I have to say David Schneider because prior to Davis, 
whenever I said Schneider, I feel like the first person to come to your mind was John Schneider. So I feel like we kind of have to be very clear about this. But uh, speaking of uh, Babe Schneider, as, as my producer Nick Blackmore says, uh, let's actually hear Babe Schneider's walk-off interview with Arden Zwelling. Of course, after a day where you have a double, a walk, uh, an RBI single, and, of course, a two-run jack, you are very likely going to be the walk-off interview following an 8-3 win. Here's Babe Schneider chatting with Arden Zwelling. Davis Babe Schneider. Three for three, two for extra bases, a walk, because why not? Doing all that in front of 42,000. How surreal is the experience? It's pretty cool. I mean, three weeks ago, I was playing in Lehigh Valley in the uh, middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. So being here in Toronto is pretty special. One year ago or two years ago, really, you were at low A. You nearly quit this game because you were struggling to such an extent. To be here now having games like this, what do you hope people take away from your journey? Um, you know, just be grateful for every day that you have. I mean, you never know what the next day is going to hold. So just, yeah, be grateful for everything you have in your life and just go out there and just live life, basically. You said it's no secret that high fastballs give you trouble. You've been working to close that hole in your swing. We saw it today. You hit one out to left. What have you been doing to address that? Yeah, just working on high fastball machine during BP and uh, inside the cages. You know, I mean, I'm always going to struggle with it, but I mean, as long as you keep practicing it, you're going to get a hold of some, uh, a ball here and there. So it's still a hole in mine, but you just got to keep working at it. Finally, it's really challenging to hit big league pitching, but it's extra challenging when you only see it once a week. What do you do in between starts to keep your timing, your swing in sync? Uh, you know, just work in the cages as best you can, you know, get your reps in the high below machine. I mean, it's, it's really simple, but, you know, just get your reps in when you can, basically. That is Arden Zwelling chatting with Davis Babe Schneider. Something tells me, uh, kind of to Arden's point there at the end, that uh, it will not be a week between now and uh, Davis Schneider's next start because, again, yeah, uh, what, a double, a walk, an RBI single, and a two-run jack, not in that order, uh, definitely is going to earn you. I, I would hope, <laughs> I would hope something like that, a triple is short of the cycle, I would hope that's going to earn you uh, more playing time. Uh, let's go back to the phones, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Julian calls in from Montreal. Uh, Julian, what's on your mind? Hey, show. I just, uh, first time caller, uh, just want to say I love your show. Um, first of all, just want to speak on David Schneider and just say sure. that, um, just, I find it just as equally frustrating that this team just lost three games in a row. And then he, it's great that they won today, but it's just one of those things. And the offense has been just so bad. And he comes in today and he just, I feel like he's that spark plug. I'm, more of a hockey fan, so I refer him to more of, like, that energy-type guy in a way. But it's, like, it just makes today – like, today is great and all, but it just makes today a little bit more frustrating. They come, He comes in and just stays consistent as he is with a week between games and some of these guys in the lineup look like they haven't played in a year. So, <laughs> And I just well, want to speak on really quickly that I think John Schneider – like, this might be a bit dramatic. I think he might have put his – job on the line by putting uh, Garcia in there today, and it just really worked out for him. So I just want to give that a little shout-out to him. He's been pretty good with the bullpen all season, I thought. So I just want to hear your thoughts. Thanks. 
Absolutely, uh, Julian. I appreciate the call. I, uh, I, you know, you mentioned Julian mentioned he's a hockey guy. I, I do kind of wonder what what is the equivalent for David Schneider? Like it's it seems to be it would be like a disservice to say like David Schneider is like a fourth line grinder. Maybe like a th- a serviceable third line center. Maybe let maybe he's a winger. I don't know. It's a, it's a good question though. I do like that. I've never actually thought thought about those kind of comparisons before. Um, hey, look, we we've talked a lot about David Schneider today, and he is. I agree with the idea that he is a spark plug because. Uh, I said it off the top, but it just the the vibes are are in some way, shape, or form a little different. Now I I don't think that it's going to be the team just turns around their entire approach because one guy is in the lineup and another guy is not. But having said that, Schneider has I've said this a million times now. Schneider has earned more playing time, and I I want to see more of it on the Jimmy Garcia stuff. Jimmy Garcia, I gotta say, there's a, actually there's a text here on the text line. I saw it a little earlier. Uh, let's see. Here it is. Chris and Regina. Uh, I'll take the win. Uh, how many of us thought this is on the offensive side, but certainly applies to the bases loaded with no outs after Ryu departs. But Chris and Regina, how many of us thought when the bases were loaded with Chapman, Espinal and Var show up? Oh, here we go again. I, I do admit I the thought it was it was a fleeting thought that crossed the mind, but it was nice to see. Uh, Schneider and Varsho take advantage of it and, and make the game into a laugher because there was a point down here where uh, prior to Trevor Richards coming into the game, uh, Jordan Hicks had been warming and then they kind of blew the game open a little bit. Hicks sat back down. Perhaps we see Hicks tomorrow uh, kind of to get him a little bit of a bounce back inning. But Trevor Richards getting the two two perfect innings in, in, in what could be considered a, a get-right appearance. But Jimmy Garcia, I got to say, uh, he has been... I know a lot of people still kind of think back to when he was certainly not pitching very well at all to start this season. But, I mean, I think the Sportsnet television graphics flashed that he had allowed, what, zero earned runs in like 26 of his last 32 appearances or something along those lines. Pretty crazy. And, yeah, those ugly errors in the top of the sixth inning, Chapman boots the ground ball. Espinal boots one immediately afterwards. Both plays that probably could have been double play balls. Instead, base is loaded. Ryu gets the hook. And we'll talk about Ryu. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to overlook Hyunjin Ryu. I, I thought he played, relatively speaking, pretty darn well today. But on the on the Garcia thing, perhaps does ultimately show the faith that the bullpen has instilled in John Schneider and the coaching staff because they had, they, there was no hesitation for the first guy when when uh, Ryu was running into trouble. There was no hesitation to go specifically to Jimmy Garcia, which perhaps has has shown that he himself has worked his way back into a, a relatively important spot in, and you guys know my favorite saying, the circle of trust. Maybe not the inner circle, because the inner circle feels like it's re- still relatively small, but... I mean, he's been much better as of late. And I, I say that even with the hit-by-pitch to force in a run, but he Ks the next three guys. So a very nice bounce back for him after a somewhat sh- shaky start. I thought it was interesting, too, because today he he didn't seem to have the best control of his best pitch, which is that really high velo four-seam fastball. You, we know, and if, if we know this, literally everyone else in baseball knows this, that that is a huge, if not the biggest part, of, of Jimmy's repertoire, but he used the curve 
uh, pretty effectively to get a couple of Ks. He used the changeup and the sinker as well. And you know what? To his credit, to end the outing with Tyler Freeman, who had already homered in this game, he rears back and gets a four-seamer past Freeman. He swings at it. Uh, he chases. I think it was around a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. So, hey, all things considered, a, a very good result. Uh, after the bases were loaded with no out. So the bullpen hauling the Blue Jays' butts out of the fire uh, once again and certainly starts with Jimmy Garcia today. You know what? Let's take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll go back to the phones, 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. Go back to the text line as well, 590-590, name and location. We'll do a quick check of the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365 on the other side. And I'm sure I, I do absolutely want to chat about the outing for one Hyun Jin Ryu, who despite two home runs, I, I got to say, thought he was pretty good once again. All that still to come on Jay's Talk. I'm Show Ali. We're here for another couple minutes on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, it's more of what he kind of has been doing, um, controlling the zone, doing damage. In uh, you know, that's a huge spot. You know, they score the first, and um, you know we you know bow with the single, and then you know come back with a two out, two run homer. That's kind of what we've been missing a little bit. So um, his other bats, walk, you know, double single. It's, it's, it was a great day. It was kind of reminiscent of Fenway. Um, was definitely a, uh, a spark we needed. And you think he put himself in the lineup tomorrow, yep. or how does that work? Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, there you go. Confirmation that David Schneider will be in the lineup tomorrow, I guess. That's always good, right? So uh, you're Keegan Matheson asking John Schneider uh, about David Schneider, who, of course, uh, featured very heavily in an 8-3 to win for the Blue Jays to even the series over the Guardians. Tomorrow you get Yusei Kikuchi on the mound against former Jays prospect, Noah Syndergaard. You're listening to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you for another 15 minutes or so. Uh, before we get back to the phones and go back to the text line as well, let's go to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. And uh, keep in mind that I believe none of the games outside of the Blue Jays game is are actually done. A couple of them are about to be finished, but basically the Blue Jays game was the first game of the day today, this Saturday. So uh, still a lot of active ball games. So I, I suppose still time for these uh, results to change. Perhaps this result will not change too much. Uh, the Mariners just crushing the Kansas City Royals. They are up 14-2 to in the bottom of the eighth inning. That game actually started off with a Josh Rojas a solo shot, who, of course, is one of the pieces that came back to Seattle when they traded away Paul Sewald to the Arizona Diamondbacks. So Rojas, I think along with Dominic Canzone and maybe one other player, came back to uh, the Seattle Mariners at the trade deadline this year. But, uh, hey, Josh Rojas uh, playing pretty well for Seattle, hitting a solo home run. Teoscar Hernandez blasting a grand slam. Jordan Lyles was, the, I believe, the opening pitcher for uh, – the KC today, and uh, let's put it this way. I don't think he lasted very long in that game. So Mariners up 14-2. to two. Uh, The Yankees trail the Rays, top of the eighth inning, 3 nothing. The Dodgers are trailing the Red Sox. They were leading earlier, but the Red Sox now leading 6-4 to four in the bottom of the seventh inning. And the Houston Astros lead the Tigers. That game just got started uh, just maybe about 15 minutes ago. Uh, Astros lead the Tigers one nothing. So all that having been said, here are the Major League standings watch, both in the division and uh, 
in the wildcard race. Baltimore, who will get started against the Rockies in about an hour, a little under an hour. Uh, Baltimore is 80 and 48. Tampa Bay is 78 and 52. Toronto is 70 and 50. Pardon me, 71 and 59 with the win. Boston is 68 and 61. The Yankees are 62 and 66. And if that result holds, they are likely to have uh, an even worse record, unfortunately for them. Uh, in the wild card race, then, because of course Seattle and te- and uh, Texas, as Blair has been talking about for the last little while, they are tied. For the lead in the American League West, and I suppose that also means they are tied for the second wild card as well. They are both 72 and 56. Certainly seems likely that Seattle will be uh, 73 and 56, and maybe as as soon as a couple minutes from now. And uh, Texas 72 and 56. They are taking on the Twins in about 45 minutes. So I suppose uh, you will be uh, Twins cheering for the Twins to uh, beat the uh, Rangers if you are hoping for any ground perhaps to be made up on anyone in the wild card today. Of course, also, you could cheer for the Detroit Tigers as well. But um, that's perhaps a a slightly taller uh, order, taller task uh, for the uh, Tigers than it is perhaps for the Twins. But then again, the Tigers did win uh, over the Astros. They were getting no hit for most of that game, and then they got walked off by Parker Meadows, who hit his first career major league home run, and it was a walk-off three-run bomb. So, as they say in baseball, anything can happen. But that's a quick check of the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. All right, let's go back to the phones. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Uh, Brian in tiny Ontario. Brian, what's on your mind? Welcome to Stock. Hi, how are you? First-time caller. Thanks um, for calling, man. Uh, okay, today... Uh, Schneider took Ryu out of the game, uh, and he was pitching great. And why did he take him out of the game when the two the two players got on base because they boot the Chapman and uh, the other shortstop. He he Espinal. He they made errors, and, uh, uh, and and why did he take him out of the game? He's taken. He never lets Kikuchi go much more than six innings, and he takes him out always. He has. He's not. He's not good at pitch management. All right, hey Brian, I appreciate the call. Thank you for calling in. I knew. I knew someone would have a take on Ryu coming out of the game at seventy pitches. Now, seventy pitches over five innings, even for a guy coming off Tommy John surgery, I I admit was relatively low. He was pretty. He was pretty pitch efficient today, Ryu. Even with the bases loaded with no one out, he was still at 70 pitches, which is pretty remarkable, actually. The The final line on Ryu today, five innings pitched, four hits, three runs, two of which were earned, five Ks, no walks, and the two home runs like we discussed earlier, Jose Ramirez, Tyler Freeman on 70 pitches thrown. It's just, I, I, I admit I didn't love the quick hook because... And again, hindsight is twenty twenty because Jimmy Garcia ended up pitching very well. I have largely been more on the side of Jimmy than I have not been. But at the same time, if you're picking between Jimmy Garcia and like Hyunjin Ryu based on what we've seen this season, I think I probably would have let uh, Hyunjin Ryu stay out there for a couple more batters. But then again, that's why I'm not a major league manager. <laughs> but look, Hyunjin Ryu's day, he gives up an absolute moonshot to Jose Ramirez more or less right away. Ramirez was a second batter of this game and he was DHing today. It was an 88 mile an hour four seamer in the upper part of the strike zone. But 
apart from that pitch, and it was the second four-seamer in a row, a second low velo, I should say, four-seamer in a row, and that's kind of just where Jimmy, or pardon me, uh, Hyunjin Ryu's four-seamer lives. That's just where it is now uh, in his career, and as we've discussed before, Hyunjin Ryu has never really had the, the most wicked of four-seam fastballs anyways. But if you, if you throw two low velo fastballs in the zone to... I would say most major leaguers they'll make you pay, and then I'll add on on top of that. If you're throwing two four seamer fastballs that are relatively speaking low and velo to a, to Jose Ramirez, even more that guy is going to make you pay because he is, as we know, what one of the game's most dangerous hitters. So he he did make Ryu pay, but afterwards Ryu largely did what he has done all season long thus far, which is induce a ton of soft weak contact. Like he did actually start to load up on the curveball in terms of throwing it more often because he had been more successful with it in the last several starts. And before Tyler Freeman went yard off the curveball, he was throwing it up at a pretty decent clip today specifically. And again, we can talk about the red start, for example, the last time out where he was freezing a lot of relatively speaking inexperienced at the major league level batters with the curve because we all know how nasty the change is. That's kind of like his pitch. But uh, we, we, the curve have been, has been very, very good for Hyunjin Ryu this whole season. But And Madison, to give her credit, she mentioned this on the broadcast very specifically. But it, it, perhaps it was just a matter of time before a batter went out there looking for that slow, tumbling curve. And, and Tyler Freeman went out there and he ambushed a 66-mile-an-hour curveball. The guy, he swung so hard, the, he couldn't see the ball leave the yard on the follow-through because his helmet fell down to the bridge of his nose. But Freeman gets his first home run into the majors. He deposits it into the Jays' bullpen. After that, I was actually looking to see how many curves Ryu threw from then on. And, again, it wasn't that many more batters he faced before he got the hook anyways. But uh, the rest of the way, he actually only threw two more curveballs the rest of the entire game. So he ultimately, five innings pitched, four hits, three runs, two of which were earned, five strikeouts. I think he did deserve a far better fate than what he got today. And and to Brian's point, John Schneider was very quick with the hook. I, I, I probably would have, again, left him in for at least one or two more batters. But at the same time, I, I think it is – and while I do agree that Schneider probably does have a relatively quicker hook than most, a part of that is also because he has the luxury of going to a very good bullpen, right? Like there was no way anyone could have known that – Eric Swanson was going to have some kind of injury in this game, right? Like, and of course, you you hope for the best when it comes to Eric Swanson, but there like there was no way anyone could have really predicted that. But even so, before that, of course, going to Jimmy Garcia and then later seeing uh, Trevor Richards as well. I mean, the the strength of this team has been its pitching, and the bullpen has hauled their butts out of the fire so many times this season to either hold it for a comeback or to hold the the other bats of the opposing team in place to either get the lead or continue to widen the lead. I, I, I don't really I'm not gonna blame Schneider too much if only because the bullpen has been so strong. Like if you were if you were pulling Hanjin Ryu or Yusei Kikuchi at like seventy to eighty pitches to go to like Rafael Dolis or to go to like Tyler Chatwood or to go I know Tanner Roark wasn't a wasn't a, a reliever, but you know what I mean? Like if you th- those are names that have pitched out of the bullpen in Chatwood and Dolis's case in in like what? The last two years, right? So to for for that to for for 
for him to go to not those guys, but to be able to go to Jimmy Garcia, to Eric Swanson, to Trevor Richards, to Jordan Hicks, to Tim Meza, who came in once Swanson left the game with injury and was very effective in inducing the double play, and Espinal making up for booting that ball to turn the double play himself by stepping on second and getting the ball to first. I, I Again, I, I'm not going to blame the guy too, too much, even though, again, I do actually agree with Brian that Schneider perhaps does have a teensy bit of a quick hook, but, again, today it did work out. Um, let's go back to uh, the text line. 590-590, name and location. I see here, uh, I think this is, yeah, this is Jennifer in Toronto. Uh, Ryu could have gotten the Garcia hitters out, but regardless, love David Schneider, his low center of gravity, the torque, more chance of contact. Kurt with conditioning could be the same. Love the show. I appreciate you uh, texting in, Jennifer. Feel free to give us a call as well. I know you like to call. Um, I see here uh, Glenn in Coldbrook, Nova Scotia. Jay's talk. David Schneider needs, I like this take actually, needs to be in the lineup at least four days a week when the team averages six games a week. The eye test is he delivers. I think that's a good way to put it, right? Because obviously the team's not going to play like seven games a week from now until the end of the season. There are a couple of days off coming up, for example. Like there's a day off on Thursday. There's a day off the following Thursday. NFL season opener, very excited. Uh, There's a day off on September 18th, day off on September 25th. So there's, there's actually only see here one week where they play seven days a week and that's the week of september 10th which is a sunday so i mean that's uh if that's the case then you gotta imagine that david schneider is going to play as much as he can handle but uh i i agree i it, it, he's he's got to be in there uh more i see chris in vancouver text in and he has an idea kind of along the lines we were discussing earlier he has an idea of of how you get david schneider in there more he says Schneider needs to play every day at second. They are 7-2 and two when he starts with Witt in left field. He's a fine defender. Agreed, Chris. Uh, Varsho and Kiermaier can alternate in center field and hit ninth. This lineup is different with David Schneider in there. Also, check out Varsho's numbers when he is in the eighth or nine hole. He is, seems to produce much better at the bottom of the order, and Chris follows up to say, also, this team has doubted Schneider at every step of the way, and all he does is prove them wrong. Of course, he has flaws, but he keeps producing with every chance. I love his perseverance, and uh, I agree with you. It's true. He has been uh, he's been a lot. He's probably been one of the most fun stories in a season where the even though the team is still playing well, in a in, in such a season where they they still are probably going to have like one of the top ten highest win totals in the history of the franchise, more than likely. Which is all you need to do, and to get it. I don't mean all you need to do, but what you need to do to get into the top ten in terms of win totals is to get to about eighty-nine to ninety-one wins. That's going to get you into the top ten in terms of win totals. Let's say ninety-one, because uh, of, I think they've gotten ninety-one wins or more eight times in the history of the Blue Jays. So let's say ninety-one wins, ninety, ninety-one wins. That'll get you in the top ten. And despite that, I agree with a lot of people who, and the sentiment from people who have called and texted over over the course of this season that. It hasn't been as fun as perhaps as you might imagine, even if they are winning games here and there. So I, I think if, if Schneider is going to be one of the more fun aspects of this team, I, I kind of want to see more of it. That's a very simplistic way of looking at it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I want to see more. Uh, we heard uh, about John Schneider a little bit earlier. Uh, let's hear a little bit of him discussing taking out Hyunjin Ryu, because we just discussed it with Brian, uh, the idea of him getting pulled after 70 pitches. Here's what John Schneider had to say about giving Ryu the hook at 70 pitches with the bases loaded and nobody out. I thought he was awesome, efficient, um, just locating really well, you know, still in that inning in the sixth, you know, gets, you know, double play balls that we didn't, that we didn't handle, which we usually do. 
Um, but I thought he was great, you know, just has such a good feel for his pitches and what hitters are doing and can change speeds, you know, with the best of, you know, any pitcher in the, in the league. So I uh, thought he was great. It's tough to take him out at 70 pitches or whatever it was because he's, he's kind of cruising, but with our bullpen, we have such good options, but I thought he was, uh, I thought he was outstanding again. That is John Schneider discussing Hyunjin Ryu and, and there you go. So it, it kind of feels like Schneider's decision to, Yank Ryu. Whether or not you agree with it, I I do get it. Even again, like I said, I would have left him in there a little bit longer. But I actually do get it because, uh, again, he even though he pitched relatively speaking pretty well, you know what? You have a very talented bullpen, and you might as well use them liberally. The Nationals coming to town on Monday. Then there's a day off, so perhaps you can tax them. Somewhat speaking, a little bit more. And again, it was good to see Trevor Richards get back into uh, the swing of things because uh, he had he had not really uh, w- like when it comes to results from Trevor Richards again I said this before perhaps a good get right opportunity for him but the last time out he'd gotten hammered by the O's five earned runs uh, for Richards back at Camden Yards but today he K's this is just in the eighth right he K's Jose Ramirez Oscar Gonzalez gets a loud fly out from Ramon Laureano who has tortured the Blue Jays in his relatively uh, short Guardians career this season alone all that was in the eighth inning um, relatively low leverage obviously but he still faced a few of the more productive bats for the Guardians and passed that test pretty well obviously I want to see him do it a few more times in higher leverage situations because it's really the first appearance by him since returning from the IL with the neck inflammation thing that he's looked good so collectively maybe we want a little bit more of today a few more times, and yeah, he gave up some loud outs at the deep foul ball to Jose Ramirez, the Loriano out, but still, no runs, hits, or walks at all, giving up two innings of work. I will take that from Trevor Richards. Uh, thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rest Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising, and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special summer offer on Rust Protection, visit crown.com today. For Ben Wagner, Madison Shipman, Tom Young, Connor Lamont, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. I'm out of here. The the uh, rubber match of this series goes tomorrow with Noah Syndergaard and Yusei Kikuchi on the mound. I'm back to wrap up the series tomorrow at Rogers Center. I'll talk to you then. Oh,